0: i ask anybody's question but yours.
1: Is he in? He is! Donji with another touchdown run.
0: you're an idiot.
1: It's not how
0: tall, it's how long, and Warwick got a piece of that. And really a disloyal person. And a few other things I could add, but I'm not going to.
1: Ennis, two seconds. He'll get a shot off!
0: All right, happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome back to the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Tim Leonard with Tyler Aki today, as always. And you can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. Tyler, a busy week recruiting-wise for Syracuse. We do want to take some time to talk about recruiting because that's always very important. And honestly, the season's kind of trending towards NIT. And now I just like to look at anything that could be optimistic, which at this point is Looking at recruiting and trying to get this program back to where it should be because they do have Dior Johnson committed. He is coming to the UNC game, as far as we know, on Saturday, that huge UNC game (laughs) against 10 and 17 and maybe 10 and 18 Carolina, which will be the final game in the Dome as we know it. But also, Chance Westry will be there, who is a fellow five star. From the twenty twenty two class, also a guard, more of a combo guard. So an exciting weekend because Dior will be in town and hopefully doing the uh Dior recruiting plug on Chance Westry and trying to get him to commit because I do know we do know that they are friends, so that's good to see. Yeah,
1: say. it's gonna be a big weekend for Syracuse because I mean, yeah, you mentioned Chance Westry is going to be in the building. Is he going to put pen to paper in the building? Who know? Or I guess it wouldn't be a pen to paper; it would be a, uh, word to a to the masses. Yeah. But this is what we need to see. And I'm not saying Syracuse needs to lock down some sort of commitment, but you got to put on a show, all right? And it, again, the thing that's interesting too is the dome that Chance Westry is about to see is not the dome that he's going to play in. So. It's yeah. gonna be a completely different atmosphere. You're gonna have the jumbotron. You're gonna have, I mean, air conditioning. Not that you really need it in in at this time of year, but there, it's just gonna be a different vibe. You can turn the lights off. You can open one door and and clo- and keep another door open at the same time. Like the building is going to be so much different. But you do have to show him. What the atmosphere is going to be like, because the atmosphere is still going to be very similar. And UNC is always one of those big ticket games on the calendar, year in and year out. So you have to prove that once, even though both of these teams are not at the ledger that they're used to being at. Of course, UNC still has kind of the the must see player in the in there as well. But you have to remember this. I mean, what if Chance westry starts talking with Cole Anthony? What if he starts chopping it up with Cole? Like (laughs) you you, you would hope not, but that's something that obviously could happen. You need Dior to kinda keep him in his lane and keep him talking with the Syracuse guys. Don't go over to to the the baby blue. I know how appealing it can be on the eye, but you gotta you gotta
0: stick with the orange side. Dior, you gotta lock him down and keep him with the orange. I will say the fact that Dior is going to be in the house makes me a little bit more optimistic about Chance Westry, and he has, Dior Johnson has been public about the fact that he literally tried to get Chance and him to commit on the same day when he committed whatever it was two weeks ago on that Friday, and look, they clearly have a relationship, Chance Westry plays somewhat of a similar position, same class, he's 6'4", 190, out of Pennsylvania, 26th nationally on 24-7 sports in that class, so... Some sites have him as a four-star. Some sites have him him as a five-star. But he's got a good amount of offers here. Florida, Georgetown, which you always feel like Syracuse is in battles with Georgetown for recruits. Michigan, Penn State. And to add to the optimism, Tyler, although I try to avoid subscribing to this stuff, 24-7 sports is crystal ball, which everyone likes to speculate about. Four predictions, all four. St. Syracuse, right. 100% right now that he is coming. And, I feel like there's a good shot that Dior reels in another five-star. I'm even more confident that Dior will be in the building with chance. He made his visit known right on the heels of Dior making his commitment. All these signs make me optimistic. Now, the problem is you can't get too optimistic with these scenarios because you just really never know with these kids. Right,
1: so here's the one thing, too, and you bring up those crystal ball predictions is that I saw this on Twitter, I think. And not that Twitter is the, the all-knowing source of information, <laughs> but I think all those predictions kind of got dropped around the same time period. So you wonder if those guys got some sort of tip that, okay, yeah, it's really yep. looking strong that Chance Westry is going to Syracuse, that it, since they all kind of happened within a couple days of each other, these predictions dropping – that maybe there is where there's smoke, there's fire, and that could certainly be the case with that. And hey, you're taking this visit now. You're gonna be with one of the highly touted guys. They're they're gonna roll out the red carpet for you. So that that's why I'm I'm kind of buying into it. Is is the timing of everything where okay? All these all these predictions are dropping, and, and now he's taking a visit and. and we even saw uh, the reporting that Matthew Gutierrez did and saying that, yeah, uh, Dior tried to get him to commit that day. So if he's trying to get him to commit that day, there's got to be strong, strong interest at that yep. time. So And maybe he just needs that one more visit to kind of put him over the top and say, all right, this is where I want to call home for a year or two.
0: Dior has guaranteed other big time players are coming, and Chance would certainly fall into that category. So if there's if that gives you more reason to attend the UNC game, please go yeah. make it a, a fun atmosphere because the one
1: thing this is that I will say yeah. about that class and and you mentioned Chance kind of plays a similar position as Dior. There is kind of a an overload at guard that season. I mean. That'll yeah. be Joe Girard's well, senior will be year. Gone. Buddy will be gone, but it'll yeah. be Girard's senior year. And you really can't boot Girard out of the lineup unless something crazy happens these next couple of years. Because by the time Joe Girard hits his senior season, he will be a strong ACC player of the year candidate. And who knows, maybe even a national player of the year candidate as well. Like, that's how good. Wow. And that's the trajectory that he's kind of been putting on. I mean, this is a guy who's a yeah. freshman and who's probably going to stay all four years and is starting can sh- has shown his 20 30 point potential and i mean that's kind of was his calling card coming in so that and and then bryson goodine also is kind of in that role and that's a guy who i expect to only see his role grow and progress these next 3 years but th- there is going to be some sort of overload at guard so it's going to be do you want to go small and we've seen what happens defensively to this team when they go small sometimes
0: and not to sit here and project the 2022 lineup because right. it's crazy to think that will be without Buddy Bayheim, That's how far away it will be. And also the other thing with these recruits is I'm just curious, what do you think Jim Bayheim is saying to them? Because that is kind of what everyone has circled as maybe the end of his career right. at Syracuse. And there's no reason other than the fact that people have just assumed that because Buddy will be gone then. I like he's not said anything publicly, but Jerry McNamara seems to be recruiting these guys pretty heavily. There's a lot of unknown. And again, the, the thing that I always bring up with
1: that is the fact that when Dior com- or gave his verbal commitment, never really said Coach Bayheim. He said it one time, and the yeah. only time was in reference to the drawing or connecting the dots between he played at the same AAU program as Buddy, the son of head coach Jim Bayheim. That's it. Every everything else is coaching staff,
0: coaching staff, coaching staff. So
1: mm-hmm. it's interesting.
0: I will say I do think Gerard is probably better off the ball, and if you had Dior as the on ball guy or Chance as the on ball guy, although Chance can play off the ball too, it seems like, and then you had Gerard working as more of a shooting guard. That could be, man, that, that gets me excited right. just thinking and- about it. But it's twenty twenty two. We don't know about the one-and-done rule, and there's a lot, really, of, of speculation there. So, transitioning now to kind of what is this upcoming recruiting class and these transfers, everyone wants Syracuse to pick up a grad transfer. Patrick Tapay has been mentioned, the Columbia grad transfer at center, because they need front frontcourt help, help, obviously. Seth Towns has been mentioned out of Harvard, who is a guy that has really battled injuries and has probably even more talent than to He's six, seven right around two fifteen, and towns is someone who is the Ivy league player of the year. Not that long ago, but he's just had a tough injury history and now he's in the transfer portal. Right. And, and it's interesting to see how this, and, and listen, the, these
1: Ivy transfers can play. I mean, we see it all the time too. I mean, Makai Mason is certainly one of the big ones in recent memory, but these guys can show out at times, and I, that's why I don't look at the, the necessarily the school that they come from, but what can you actually bring to the table? And I I'm certainly intrigued by Towns because of course the the injury history is one of those things that always scares you, but if you if you're just taking a one year flyer on a guy, like why not? I I, kind of like that. And and he was a highly talented guy, too, when he was coming out. Like He had offers from Iowa, Ohio State, Michigan, Virginia Tech, Purdue. But, I mean, when when Harvard comes, when when that offer is on the table, sometimes it's tough to say no to the academics (laughs) of Harvard. And as Sean McDonough likes to say, Syracuse is the Harvard of central New York. So maybe it is the perfect fit for Towns. But, I mean, Towns is a guy, too, who, I mean, he can pour it in. He as a freshman averaged twelve points. As a sophomore, was at sixteen, and has been in the the transfer portal since. But you imagine this team loses Elijah Hughes. He kind of fits that Elijah Hughes mold. He was a forty two percent three point shooter, and that's while taking almost five attempts a game. Forty four percent. I I I shorted him. So an even wow. better number for Syracuse fans. That forty four percent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> the guy can can shoot. I mean. And that's what Syracuse is going to need when they lose Elijah Hughes is someone who can come in and continue to space that floor alongside Gerard and, and Buddy.
0: There's definitely a talent transition going from Ivy League to ACC, but Towns is someone that, if he stays healthy, is about as good as you can get from the Ivy League. So. It'll be interesting to follow what he does and where he visits and sort of that thing, and we'll obviously keep a close eye on him because he's someone that could elevate my expectations of next year's season to, honestly, a new ceiling if they get a player like him because it addresses a need. Now, Tapay is the other guy, also an Ivy League guy from Columbia. Not quite as good in terms of the stats he's put up, but he's played longer. He will be a grad transfer, have a year of eligibility remaining, and he was an honorable mention All-Ivy League guy, averaged 11.3 points a game, 5.9 rebounds a game. And it was interesting this week, our good friend Matthew Gutierrez, who we love to have on this podcast, we shout him out whenever we can because he is great at his job over there at The Athletic. He had a, a tweet that he posted briefly, and then it got deleted. So I'll just read you. I was able to get a screenshot of the tweet. I the internet never goes away. About this. Yep. So let me just read this, and then we'll take that for what it is. Gutierrez, Matt Gutierrez tweeted, I'm hearing Patrick Tepe, an honorable mention, all IV forward, 11.3 points a game, 5.9 rebounds a game, won't choose Syracuse for his grad transfer next season. The ten power forward has good interior skills, leans towards Maryland. Decision is not final, but it's now unlikely he picks SU. He has toured SU. SU was on his short list of visits that he made but on one hand matt tweeted that then he deleted it so take that for what you want it makes me probably a little bit more pessimistic that he is going to come because i'm sure matt got that from a source of sorts and if he doesn't come then it becomes put the full court press on seth towns or anyone else in this grad transfer market that sticks out because as i've said and gone on record on on this podcast. I don't think next year's any better if they just return everyone but Elijah Hughes. I think you have to address that need at center.
1: Right, and that's the thing, too, is Towns doesn't necessarily address the – actually not necessarily, he doesn't address that need at center. Meanwhile, a guy like right. Tepe kind of does. So I don't know, maybe if – I don't know if Goody maybe got a, an alternate report from someone else saying, no, like Syracuse still has a strong chance at Tepe. But it's one of those things where, okay, you just don't necessarily know right now, but you do know that you are going to need a big man who can give you some sort of offense next year, right? And that's that's kind of what you're hinging on. Now, you are kind of crowding that front court, but if you kind of turn it into a little Hunger Games of who is going to give you the most, that is, that's what you need. And who knows, maybe that competition brings out the best of, Jesse Edwards or Barama Sidibe, Marek Doljai, or even Tope, Because you got a guy like Tepe who's going to be hungry. He's got one year to come in and basically make his mark and maybe give himself a chance to play overseas or something. Or who knows? Crazy things can happen. Maybe he does play so well that he works his way into draft conver- NBA draft conversation. We don't know. But the, that competition can be healthy, especially when you've got a bunch of experienced guys. Essentially, you will have three seniors on this team that are battling it out for playing time in that big man spot. And maybe Jim's more confident to say, all right, you're not performing today here. I'm going to go to Tepe You're not performing. All right. Dolejai your turn. And that yeah. could be really good for this team.
0: Real quick, before we go to a break here, I was having a debate with one of our friends, Jack McMullen, not even a debate, but we were just discussing this the other day. And I'm curious to get your take on this. If Barama Sidibe was playing basically to pay or Towns' position as a front court member in the Ivy League. What do you think his numbers would be in terms of a per-game basis?
1: That's interesting because, well, the Ivy League, the way that conference goes is they only play Friday and, and I think Sunday games. They, they have to play in that little window from Friday to Sunday. So I just think that would be a lot for Barama, and we've seen his injury history too. So mm-hmm. I don't know how often he'd be on the floor with all those quick hitters. I know he has a lot of time during the week to recoup, but that's when you're going to class. That's when you're getting the mental toll of the student athlete. So, I mean, his numbers would obviously bump, but I don't know. I, I would say yeah, he's probably averaging like 8 and 10.
0: Yeah, See, that's just it's sad that that's the Syracuse starting center, and we're saying that because, I mean, if he's an ACC starting center, he should be dominating the Ivy League, and maybe he would be. Maybe his numbers were short shorting him a little bit on that, but it's just hard for me to visualize him being like a go-to guy. He does have for, the highest GPA on the team, so he could make that switch if he really wanted yeah, to, to test right. it out. Scholar Athlete of the Month, Barama Sadibe. Yeah. I don't know, it's an interesting hypothetical because I think Jesse Edwards would put up numbers even this year. And I and we've been bullish on his offensive game a little bit, but I think Barama, it's just weird to see him putting up numbers or scoring. Yeah, it's just I haven't the, seen the it offensive. So it's, to,
1: it's one thing to okay, maybe you get contested shots in, in the ACC, but I mean he just hasn't
0: shown flashes of moves down low. It's all kind of put back stuff with yeah. him. And maybe he would have developed that more somewhere else. I don't know. But anyway, we bring up Matthew Gutierrez. He wrote another great article this week that we want to discuss on the other side, kind of about what Syracuse can do going forward the rest of the season with maybe guys like Barama Sidibe or Jesse Edwards. That's next on Locked on Syracuse. All right, wrapping up this Tuesday edition of Locked On Syracuse. An interesting article from our friend Matthew Gutierrez of The Athletic that we want to bring up now. Basically, looking at what Syracuse can take away from the rest of the season. Tyler, it's something you and I have talked about now. It's a new chapter of the season. Even against Georgia Tech, well, we did see signs of fight, which was good to see. It's basically meaningless basketball in terms of the regular season the rest of the way. Then ACC tournament's a different story. So. At this point, you're preparing for the ACC tournament, but you're also just trying to develop for next year, which I think cannot be overlooked in these final four years. Right, it's the development
1: stage of the season. So some of the things that that Goody brought up are, how does the Syracuse team function when Barama Sidibe is out of foul trouble? Now, that's going to be tough to sample because it doesn't happen often, but that's something that you... Maybe you want to try to work with him on staying out of that foul trouble for the remainder of the season. Another thing is how can Elijah Hughes improve his shooting and, and his draft stock, and that's something that we saw and we kind of hit on yesterday about how yeah. he is doing all these other things now to to kind of improve his draft stock, whether it be the assist numbers, the rebounding. He can he can stuff a stat sheet as good as anyone that I've seen over these last five or so
0: years at Syracuse. But it's not like he's just trying to stuff the stat sheet. He's just making plays. You know what I right. mean? Like it's like some, sometimes that can have a negative connotation right. to it. But he's not Hughes, Russell Westbrook absolutely... where
1: he's he's getting uncontested yes. rebounds <laughs> and trying to pick up triple doubles. No, he's he's out there and he's doing things to help the team win.
0: Yeah. No, I, I think Hughes is As I've said, definitely a first-round talent that'll probably go, I'd say mid to late second round, but I think he gets drafted. And I know that might be a little bit Syracuse biased, but I do think he's going to continue to rise the more this process grows. And as we've said, if you're him, you probably just go to the draft because at this point in the season, at this point in your career, you're in your fourth season, you're turning 22, upcoming here in March so as an NBA prospect this is kind of his peak time to capitalize right. the last couple things to hit on
1: here from this are what's the next step is there another step for Gary to take obviously there's another step for him to take but will he take that next step or is it yeah, going to that's be a big something that happens me. in the offseason and heading into next year because he wasn't great against Georgia Tech but we know that somewhere deep inside him, there is a, a a shooter in Garrier. We just haven't kind of seen that unraveled yet. And I think we will next year and maybe however long he ends up staying at Syracuse. But Gary is there another step in him that he will take this year? And then also, on top of that, who else can, can deliver a, a sort of spark for the rest of the year? Is it going to be... Jesse Edwards, who comes in and does well for spots here and there the rest of the year. Is it going to be Bryson Gooding for the rest of the year? Like, Where is this going
0: to, to pop up for the remainder of the season in terms of development? And I liked how Jim did go nine deep against Georgia Tech. Not so much in the second half, but I liked how he went to them in the first yeah. half a little bit. On the Garrier three-point shooting thing, it's – I almost just want Jim this offseason to go up to him, and maybe he has said this. We don't really know, but I doubt it. I want him to go up to him and just be like, I believe in your three-point shooting. Just keep shooting. They'll start falling, because I know that goes against his nature as a coach, and what he's saying in the press conferences after the games is he's not going to make a three. I think he's going to make a three, just not in my lifetime, probably, and (laughs) I don't know why he keeps shooting from three, and... We've seen this with Ron Patterson, we've seen it with Frank Howard where once you're you're a three-point shooter that you believe you have that capability but you're not knocking him down, Jim publicly attacks you basically in these <laughs> press conferences. And then I'm not I mean that's just what he does. And it's not and just a Jim thing. I mean
1: if, he's not the only coach in America that does that. No, There's every no. coach. They they use the media to get to the player.
0: Sure. And I agree with that strategy. I just think, in Quin for Quincy's side of things, if we can somehow imagine what he's thinking on the court, which we really can't, but let's just say he's about to shoot a three. Part of him is probably thinking, "I'm open," but he's hesitant to take it because there's like two times as much pressure on him to make the three. Because if he misses, he knows Bayheim's going to file that away. Where if he drives and misses a layup, it's he's It's a win-win for him. He has nothing to lose. Like, that's what coach wants him to do. And there's a reason why Bayheim is saying keep doing that, because he's not making those threes right now. So I agree with Bayheim, But at the same time, for Quincy to take that next step, it's for him to translate that jump shot that I see in pregame all the time that looks great. And I'm sure everyone in pregame looks great and better. That's a given. But especially for him, it feels like he could just – add that to his game because it's something we know he has in there. It just hasn't come out yet. And now at this stage in the season, there's no reason for him to shoot because it's such a lose-lose for him. There's double the pressure on him to make it. Right.
1: And it's one of those things, too, where, okay, that's something that you work on going into your sophomore season, like freshman season. Yes. I mean, first of all, it's just a complete culture change. You're living on your own. You're you're, totally. you're learning to balance class with an NCAA-level uh, participation athlete schedule. Like that's not easy to do. And so you're balancing all of that. And now you're trying to transition into, okay, I've kind of got my routine down. I know I'm going to do this on this day, this on this day, this on this day. And now, okay, I can focus more on the basketball side of things as opposed to acclimating myself to a brand new environment.
0: Exactly. That's all I'm saying. I, I think, in the off season, that should be talked about, and it probably won't be. I mean, there's no reason to think it won't be. Anything else in terms of looking ahead to the rest of the season that you have your eye Not on? Not
1: really. I mean, again, I just want to see development now at this point, whether it's Edwards, whether it's Garrier, Goody, like I just want to see the freshmen. We've seen it out of Gerard already. He's kind of ahead of the curve right now, but I want to see the development
0: now for the rest of these freshmen because they're going to be integral pieces moving forward. Totally agree. All right, tomorrow on Locked On Syracuse, it is game day. Pittsburgh on Wednesday night. That's a seven p.m. start, so we will get you ready for that matchup tomorrow. We also go to the prop shop again Hell because yeah. we have to rehash more, more what happened. There was some epic moments in, in the prop shop. And we'll have to tally up where the totals sit right now and then. Come up with some good props for tomorrow's game to kind of make these last four regular season games a little bit more interesting but that'll do it for today's episode thanks for listening as always check us out on twitter at lo underscore syracuse and we will talk to you guys tomorrow